Welcome to Caritas Christi, a real and raw podcast with real women and real faith, where we apply the feminine genius to look at the current events of this world, our faith lives, and other things that are relevant to young Catholic women today. Thank you for joining us. Happy Thursday. Hi, y'all. This is Mary. And this is Hannah. Welcome to Caritas Christi. Thanks for joining us today. And we'll start with prayer. In nomine Patri, Filio, Spiritui Sancto. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu maleribus, et benedictus fructus ventus tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater de Dei, ora promovis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostri. Amen. Nomine Patri, Filio, Spiritui Sancto. Amen. Amen. And today's inspiration comes from the daily readings, um, from Luke chapter 7. Um, the story about the centurion and it goes the centurion sent friends to tell him Lord do not trouble yourself for I am not worthy to have you enter under my roof therefore I did not consider myself worthy to come to you but say the word and let my servant be healed for I too am a person subject to authority with soldiers subject to me and I say to one go and he goes and to another come here and he comes and to my slave do this and he does it when Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, and turned, in turning said to the crowd following him, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. When the messengers returned to the house, they found the slave in good health. Okay. So, um, obviously we'll be kind of talking about this a little later with the, the authority of Scripture, but I think the authority of Jesus, mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes I underestimate his voice. But it's just interesting as I was reading about that, thinking how I feel like a lot of times we see a lot of people in authority who are, have a lot of pride, but clearly this man was very humble, mm-hmm. and he somehow it's interesting how he and his brain identified the authority he had as to the authority Jesus had. So that sounds like how the connection he made. Yeah. So. And also reminds me a little bit of that section of the Passion narrative where. Jesus says to Pilate, like, you would have no power over me if it had not been given you from above. Mm. And that's, so people in positions of authority really have something that is God-given, and they have greater responsibility depending on what they do with it to their, their, like, to their sanctification or to their detriment, and they Mm -hmm. have to be careful with it. That's why, um, it's also the feast, when we're recording today, it's uh, the Feast of St. John Chrysostom, who said who's one of the ones who famously said that the road to hell is paved with the skulls of priests and bishops, which is, like, terrifying. Mm -hmm. But he's correct to say that because they have more authority and therefore they have more responsibility because their authority can be a tool to lead people closer to their faith, to the truth, to um, accepting... Catholicism even more and more as they they go through their lives or it can lead them away and into heresy and into um, into pride into into like false representations of the real thing and so that's why St. John Chrysostom said that was because they have such a great responsibility mm-hmm. so not only do they need more like they need more prayers they need more support um but you know, like they also have to know that they're undertaking something very, very serious and very grave. Um, and it's kind of like, reminds me of also that tracks back to the, I think it's the first book of Chronicles of Narnia, where, or may, maybe it's the second one, but I think it's either King High King Peter or Prince Caspian, who's like, I, I, I don't want to be king, I don't, and... And Aslan is like, good. The fact that you don't want to be king shows me that you mm-hmm. are fit to be king. Because mm-hmm. nobody who really wants that is fit mm-hmm. for that kind of position. Mm-hmm. Which I think is pretty relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other thing I kind of pulled out from the scripture kind of relating to that is... they. I wonder, like, in their true humility, they understood the power that they had. So then they saw it in Jesus somehow. They must have been like, wow, there's like he has authority. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never really... I mean, I guess... 
maybe to some people it's obvious, but just like really thinking, you know, because you should think about faith and, and we'll be talking later about like the existence of God and, and belief in God. And, um, but I never really like, I don't know, just hitting me that like faith and humility are kind of go hand in hand mm-hmm. in a way. I didn't thought like, cause Jesus literally says, I have not, this man is just being humble. And he's like, I've not seen faith like this mm-hmm. anywhere else. So compared yeah. to all the Jews, you know? Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so everybody who had marked themselves as, as God's chosen people, he's like, no, no, this guy knows what's up here. <laughs> yeah. So, so maybe it's like he had the humility to under, yeah, it's just interesting that in a position of authority. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's a unique. So, it's actually, I think it's my mom's favorite passage. She loves the centurion. So, mm-hmm. I wonder good. if he has a saint, if he has a name. Yeah, I don't know. He's been named. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, so, like oh, that. yeah. So, what did we, what were we, what were we having today, Hannah? <laughs> well, I made myself a big pot of goulash. So, that mm. can last me the next few weeks or so for meal prep so i'll just make a big batch of something and then separate it into containers and then have that as my lunch so i had that and some water because you gotta stay hydrated (laughs) yeah and i had a um from a place i shall not name on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) let's just say i don't want to scandalize people (laughs) yeah it but basically i got coffee no, you just gave it away. Like, <laughs> well, but I'm not saying it, so that's where oh, people's brains from, are going. Where else would you get coffee that would be scandalizing? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, I would no, disown no, you. I got um. There's there's these yummy egg bites. So one has like it's like bacon and gruyere and vegetables in the other one, or peppers in the other one, and then uh. I got I love everything bagel. Being all toasted with some cream cheese on top of it. Mm. Yeah, because also I decided, so I've been doing the social media fast, and for some reason they say to go do, um, like, get get off coffee, cold turkey. So I tried to do that today, and uh, let's just say my body, yeah. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, I gave up. Well, also my spiritual director was like, eh, maybe next time don't go cold turkey. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I think when I'm going to do the social media fast again and um, event, I'll just like be aware of it next time and kind of mm-hmm. wean myself off. Because it is good to not depend on coffee. Yeah. So it's so all about depending on God's strength, but I don't know. So, anyhow. Definitely. So, yeah. So, um. <laughs> that was a super long um there. <laughs> Are we talking about current events next? Is that where we're at? Sure, let's go. Okay. Um, so I will say the only thing so we'll talk about this later. Or that's the actually yeah, what so just tell me what's going on. Okay. I have a hunch of some stuff, but I kinda wanna hear from you right. first. Um, so actually this is pretty relevant to recording. Probably by the time this episode comes out, we'll have results, but the California recall is tomorrow. And people are going to be voting. There's two things on the ballot, basically. They have to vote whether or not to recall Gavin Newsom. Then if they do recall him, they have to pick uh, who to vote for. So that happens tomorrow. So just uh, be praying um, that somebody suitable wins, maybe, that he's recalled. Because he's obviously, like, yeah, he's not good news because of many reasons. But... Probably the most glaring thing is his hypocrisy with uh, COVID measures, like going out to dinner, not wearing a mask, and then imposing these measures on re- like regular Californians, and then also um, schools, like make most of them were shut down. But oh, but he sent his kids to a private school where they got an in-person education. Um, so rules for thee and not for me is mm-hmm. kind of his his whole thing so so yeah so and then obviously the state has been in a state of crumbling and turmoil for a long time there's lots of there's drought there's wildfires and it's not um you don't just chalk up the wildfires to uh climate change or whatever because the fact is that california's forests have been very poorly managed for a long time so 
yeah, there's a lot of incompetence and things on his part, and enough people are sick of it that they managed to get the recall election to happen. So hopefully we'll see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then you said something happened with, um, things are ramping up with um, Larry Elder. Yeah, Larry well, Elder is that? one of the um, recall candidates. He's running as a Republican, and he was attacked by some some people when he was out. I think he was doing ca- campaign work or something. I can't remember mm-hmm. how, exactly how the story goes, but there was literally a woman in a gorilla mask throwing eggs at him. And I was like, are we sure this isn't the onion? Like, what is going on here? And no, it was it was real. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. And nobody really paid attention to it outside of certain circles because it wasn't like. Right. It was just like, wow, isn't that horribly racist? Yes. Okay, then why aren't we hearing more about it? Like, that should be pretty. Um, <laughs> pretty significant that a candidate running running for public office is who is who is black who is that Af- African American has been attacked by somebody wearing a gorilla mask like what so and apparently okay so we're reading a report here from um, Fox News but it says that there's 46 candidates for governor that's yeah. a little excessive yeah it is a little <laughs> excessive but there's really only like. There's only a few that actually have a chance. And the, yeah. the interesting thing is, too, that if if Gavin Newsom is recalled, whoever wins the recall voting gets to be governor. So you could have, like, an insanely low number of the popular vote, but still win governor because they're only counting... Like, obviously, if you vote that you don't want to recall Newsom, then you're not voting for who's going to replace him because you don't want anybody to replace him. So you could have as low as like 25% of the general population, like the the popular vote, voting for you and then still get to be governor because of the recall. That's crazy. It's weird. Yeah. yeah, and then here it says, so obviously we have Larry Elder, but then Jenner, it says, went to Australia? Hmm. <laughs> to Australia. That's interesting because Australia is like crazy with... Yeah. Um... Yeah, their their COVID stuff. They won't really let anybody in or out, so it's interesting. Yeah, she appeared in a reality TV program. Hmm. Um, and she's still deflecting that she's not a serious contender. So, there's definitely interesting conversations on that. Because, yeah, it's kind of like a lot of people are saying, "Oh, well, you know, the, the the Republicans can, you know, this shows that you know the Republicans are moving forward by her representing us." But then it's like, what do we win if she actually represents us? Because that goes against everything that we stand. Yeah, uh, yeah. It doesn't seem like Caitlyn Jenner is like leading. Yeah, the mm-hmm. population at all. So you don't really have to worry about that. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So it, it um, looks like it'll be close. Yeah. So that's yeah interesting. Oh, there's only one Democrat among the pack of leading contenders. Interesting. Well, yeah, because Newsom is a Democrat. Oh, So gotcha. they don't want to run against people. They, they don't want to run against him and try to, like, unseat him. Mm-hmm. Because if you if you just go across party lines, like, they're like, okay, well, we, we just want him to stay. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I think, and just kind of, like, with, with Newsom and whatnot, I always feel like your actions have consequences. Mm-hmm. And maybe the Democratic Party should pay attention to what's happening. But I don't think that at this point they're just kind of... I... <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll see what, we'll see what happens. Everything's kind of crazy. So speaking of craziness, um, last Thursday... I, I don't understand. Like it's Every time we, we're recording, stuff like that, it's, it's like things happen in between episodes to give us material. It's very strange. <laughs> It's called Life, Hannah. <laughs> I know. No, 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 no. But, like, it's always, I guess, we're, e- we're either, like, recording or about to record. But I just think it's funny how these bigger things keep happening. I feel mm. like the summer was mostly boring until... Oh, that's true, yeah. Until the Monte Proprio, And then everything kind of, like, seemed to snowball from there. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But anyways... Well, yeah, go ahead. So Biden did a press conference Thursday. Yes. Yeah. 
Thursday, so Thursday night, I saw this, like, I didn't, like, watch it. It was just, like, on. I was out someplace with a friend, and I saw it on the TV. He's, he is somehow, he's using OSHA to try and enforce a vaccine mandate on companies with over 100 employees, and... He basically just railed against anybody who hasn't gotten vaccinated, no matter what the reason, by the way. Like, including, there are plenty of Americans who have not gotten the vaccination because they are previously vaccine injured. But he doesn't care about that. He goes, he just goes on and has super harsh words for them and says, our patience is wearing thin. And, um, and he said, this isn't about your freedom, is what he said. <laughs> this isn't about your freedom like you no longer have freedom essentially and put down this mandate which he doesn't have the authority to do so the we do have some data from the daily wire so at site but the polling was conducted over the weekend by the convention of states action and the Trafalgar group so they were they're actually one of the most accurate pollsters in 2016, 2018, and 2020. So it's not like the numbers come from the Daily Wire themselves, because that would be <laughs> that would be a biased um, sampling mm-hmm. of data. But so he he did this, and he's saying that he's going to just like basically strong arm companies into making their employees get uh, vaccinated, this and that. Um, but only 29% of Americans think that. Biden is allowed to mandate employee vaccination. So, I mean, those 29% would be wrong, but that's like super low, not even close to a majority. Um, yeah. So, yeah, most, most, um, yeah, most, pe- most people don't believe that he doesn't have the constitutional authority, which he doesn't because in you know because of federalism these decisions mostly fall to states and even with states making those decisions due to the nuremberg code you cannot force anybody to take a medical treatment so what's the nuremberg code the nuremberg code is in response to the nazis who forced certain medical treatments on Mm. people in concentration camps as experimentation and there's horrible awful just violations of human rights that were happening in these in these camps and just the experimentation was disgusting and so to combat that when the when the when these people who had committed or stood by while these things were being were happening the nuremberg code was a like response to that and Part of that is that you cannot force medical anybody to take a medical treatment. Mm-hmm. But now we're like flip flopping mm-hmm. on that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there are there's been so many. I think we're up to about twenty. I think I think we've broken thirty states who have said they are going to fight that mandate and that they disagree with it. Uh, Ohio actually being one of them. Of course, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. But it was something that kind of surprised me because DeWine came out and said, like, I don't agree with this. I, oh, wow. Well, yeah. he's, he's, I think he's learned his lesson. <laughs> he wants to get reelected as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. kind of pushed his luck. I, I don't yeah. know if he can even get reelected, but yeah. Yeah. So, so, well, so he came out and said something about it. And so he's going to be, as the governor, the one like leading, leading the charge against that. Obviously, uh, Texas and Florida not not having it but there's a ton of other states um there's been some images posted of the, all the states that are saying like that we're not going to mandate this we're not going to like accept this as something that you have authority to do mm-hmm. so well and it's just interesting because i mean you and i were talking like there's definitely like i mean you're starting to hear more and more like people that are um like I had somebody who reached out to me that said their mom was on hospice due to COVID. And, mm-hmm. um, there's, you know, there's people that are, you know, that, that wasn't the first person I've heard. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, it's not, you know, like there is sickness. Oh, there, there always is. has been sickness. There's, there was the flu. 
yes for the longest time and that you know killed you know elderly and and people in general we had a Um, horrible like flu season maybe it was 2018 or 2019 super recently but nobody really seemed to care so i think that's kind of interesting mm-hmm. well and the, my friend that works in the hospital i've told you she said that the flu has all but disappeared in the hospitals but it's like well <laughs> it's in the form probably of covid be, yeah probably because and when so it's very similar as far as symptoms for the most part to covid so it's hard to tell and i think they're more willing to diagnose somebody with covid than they are with the flu so it's like oh you must have covid mm-hmm. you might have the flu but we're gonna say you have covid <laughs> I just wonder too, because I think when it's kind of the same thing with the vac, like the when they, you know, they first started mandating the masks, um, mm-hmm. like when it, all this started happening first. Yeah, you kind of like. I mean, of course, I'm all about like when we thought the pandemic was like a real thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's kind of like you're not sure. But then I do actually remember when things started opening back back up and i remember seeing people at church like one especially there was a family that the husband was a doctor and they weren't wearing a mask and mask and i was like all right mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and i saw a lot of the people that i respected not wearing masks and i was like you know what <laughs> there yeah. is something here and then the fact i think because at first it was kind of like optional and then it was just recommended mm-hmm. and then that when they made it mandated you're just like yeah. for something i don't know it's like i don't know why people are not more in touch with the american value of freedom and liberty Mm-hmm. Um, because it just something it railed in against me when I was like mandating the mask, the mask, and I, the same thing with the vaccine. If you're gonna force me to do it, mm-hmm. I mean, because there's definitely a, a argument for people that work in hospitals, like people, you know, getting the flu shot and whatnot. Yeah, now, who knows, like you know how good the flu shot really is, but yeah, um, and that's another conversation. Mm-hmm. But I just think this is so politicized. Yes. So, it just it's just I think it's just very interesting that. There's this huge push to get, because I think it's the overwhelming majority of people have had both shots or at least one. So it's above 60% at this point. So what I'm wondering is, why do we keep pushing this? Like, we wanted to get, we have to get to herd immunity. We have to get to this. We have to get, okay, well, we're there. Now what? Okay, so whatever whatever this was for doesn't seem like it's working. Mm-hmm. Well, because now there's also a booster shot. Great. Yeah, like, okay. Well, because apparently the first two didn't work. Good job, guys. Yeah. So okay. it's like if you actually had an effective vaccine, but it's actually not even technically a vaccine, so that's a whole other conversation. But, mm-hmm. um... Fun. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of, like, um, like the... Do you even want to get to the moral morality and how the church has responded and whatnot? Uh, we can probably save that for another time. Yes. Yeah. We, we still have a lot. Um, but yeah, basically, whether or not you think it's okay to take it, whether or not you think it works, whether or not, yeah, you agree with anybody taking it, not taking it, whatever, he doesn't have the authority to do this. Mm-mm. He just doesn't. Mm-mm. It comes down to, if it comes, it if it were to come down to anything, it would come down to states. But it can't come down to states because it's, because it's a medical treatment so on both counts he's incorrect Mm -hmm. yeah so Mm -hmm. well and i think it's just this this presidency it's like only a couple months in and it's like oh my gosh (laughs) but it's just one botched thing after another it's yeah well and now you even have it i mean you even told me the whole thing about (laughs) it's made it to the college campuses which is really funny Mm -hmm. because i would actually assume that they're so much more like liberal but apparently yeah they do generally college students tend to lean left as a whole uh, and usually as you get older you tend to lean right more that's usually what happens mm-hmm. sometimes not because there's a pattern that people generally follow and then some people fall in and some people don't mm-hmm. but the interesting thing is uh at college campuses and there's a bunch of videos of this i've, I've been seeing them a ton for the past few days is uh people are chanting expletive joe biden (laughs) at and it's at like college football games now i mean is it the most charitable thing to do yeah obviously not but it is kind of interesting to see that even even what seems like his prime demographic 
is going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Yeah, not not the ones that like he it. promised. He promised loan forgiveness to. Well, he he did, and yeah. he didn't deliver on anything. And yeah, so we'll have a link to where you can watch it. Obviously, we're not going to play it on air. Yeah, because we we like to keep it clean. Well, and also, yeah, we don't. I think for us, it's like you know, for myself personally, like I yeah. don't I don't affirm using bad bad language any way mm-hmm. or talking uncharitably, but it does kind of merit. It's like. Actually, I think it was scripture yesterday that was mm-hmm. like, um, they shall be known by their fruits. And yeah, and here's <laughs> one of the fruits. Of, <laughs> this is pretty, uh, what is it? What's the opposite of ripe? This is pretty uh, bad fruit. What's the, what's a bad fruit? Yeah. What is that? I don't know. It's not ripe. I don't know. Anyways. Unripe? <laughs> Unripe. <laughs> Rotten fruit? Rotten fruit. There you go. <laughs> Wrong R. Rotten moldy fruit. Yes. So. Um, and then the but other it's not th- orange, so <laughs> I kind of want the orange. But I think I think at this point people are just like, okay, maybe we can actually have the orange. Maybe orange men is not so bad. <laughs> you gave this up for the white man. Sorry, I'm just quoting B movie because I'm weird. So, um, oh, actually, they were okay. Anyway, sorry, that came up in conversation with friends yesterday. The what, B movie. The B movie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it is insane. You just watch that and you're like, what were people like thinking when they were making this? Like, how, how well, did I mean, this story was, who's, the, who's the... Jerry Seinfeld. Well, he's hilarious, so, you know. He is funny, but that movie is just whack on so many levels. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> wow, we're totally, uh, but, um... Going off track here, but yeah, it's fine. Um, it's... I had a train of thought, but my brain just... Anyways, brain it's malfunction. Late. Yeah, brain malfunction. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and you said his approval rating is. Oh, like, his approval rating is way down. Yeah, but I, mean, I, I would hope so because yeah. it's just yeah. Well, and it's do you think? Mess. I mean, how long do you do you think people are like? Is this a lot of like unforgivable stuff? Or at this point, like, do you think he would? Is well, this even a bounce back? I mean, because he still has a couple of years, so. Yeah, he does have but are time, people, but I don't think I believe it that it's going to get better because because right now you would think he'd be in the, like the honeymoon phase type thing for the candidate. Was there even an, a honeymoon phase at all? No, because yeah. he never followed through on anything he promised yeah. to do. And didn't Trump like follow through like on the first like ninety days? Like he pretty much like. Yeah, whether or not you agree with the promises that he made, he did take a lot of action to, um, to try and try and like make those things happen. It was very clear that whether or not he was going to be able to make things happen because of yeah. checks and balances and whatnot, he was going to try. Mm-hmm. And Whereas yeah. Biden comes up, he's he promises um, loan forgiveness and a bunch of other things, and then just no. No, all you know, the different things at the border. No, just who built the cages, Joe? <laughs> That's what I keep thinking. It was just like, man, just nothing, nothing happened. And he's like making, making new decisions that he didn't. He's he's like flip flopping, because during when he was running, he said there will be no vaccine mandate. Blah blah blah. Okay. Like it's quoted. He was that was either in a debate or something before election now he comes out it's like trying comes out, trying to come out swinging towards companies with over 100 employees and all this mm-hmm. other stuff saying saying get vaccinated our patience is wearing thin mm-hmm. like wait a minute mm-hmm. and then then he also wanted to run on the message of unity but how is it unity when there are 80 million unvaccinated americans and you say our patience is wearing thin mm-hmm. like yeah. didn't you just divide people right there like Mm-mm. It's just nothing, nothing holds up to the litmus test here. So I think that's interesting. And it's, in the, it's honestly like um, everything with Afghanistan, it's like he's trying to at least, it's like the one promise that he's trying to follow through. It's like, man, it's, he's trying to be political, but it's like literally messing with so many people's lives. Because well, that's clearly why he did it. Well, Trump was planning on moving people out. We were going to withdraw from Afghanistan. Like he right. put in a plan to withdraw. However, 
it wasn't supposed to go down the way that it did, and it ended up being more rushed and just executed in, like, the worst way possible. Oh, yeah. So that's why everybody's, like, not happy. <laughs> yeah. And, as well, they should not be. So. Yeah. Um. Well, and then to kind of go on the Biden, <laughs> no longer is the Biden, or Trump train, what's it, Biden, Biden train? I don't Biden know. bus. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, um, I guess kind of just commentary on um, actually kind of kind of going off, um, kind of. Well, so we we're talking. So this past weekend, obviously, was nine eleven, um, and so I guess prayers to all the. Um, actually, interesting because kids that um, some some of the children of victims are now turning 20 and they're just like commenting on so yeah. some of them weren't even they probably were in the womb but they weren't alive yeah obviously well the ma- majority of school children now yeah are we're not alive i mean you said you kind of barely i i mean i remember i, barely I remember. was in, yeah. i was i was in grade school at that time and i i was very well let's just say our tv was um on a cart that we only pulled out for movies on the weekends, and mm-hmm. that was the one time that I remember very distinctly that the TV was on, mm-hmm. not for movies, but it had, and I remember the constant replay of the the towers, like that's sc- the when the airplane goes into the tower, and then you hear that woman scream. Mm-hmm. I that like I just that I remember that. So, mm-hmm. um, um, but yeah, so just prayers to all the for the souls of all who passed away and for all those who are still being affected. Cause a lot of people, I mean, even all, all the first responders that went, some of them have a lot of health challenges from that and yeah. have passed away since. And, um, yeah, it's just, and actually, um, one of the Catholic, um, uh, newspapers, they had, all, they actually were documenting on people's faith during it and how that helped them to get through it. And it was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you kind of have this kind of coming on the cusp of um, stuff that are happening in Afghanistan. Um, so I guess, um, yeah, you want to tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. Because some of his response from even just Kabul and whatnot. Apparently he likes to check his watch. You mean Kabul? Kabul? Yeah, that's oh. <laughs> Sorry, Taliban, Kabul, Taboo. <laughs> Taboo. Taboo. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so basically a lot of the people who are close to victims of 9-11 have been... There, there's been a, n- a number of s- situations where they're pushing back at say, saying to Biden, like, he, he botched the withdrawal and that he... Sh- he shouldn't try to act like he's respecting the people who lost their lives or had or have health issues or people who were involved in these attacks just because he already showed in his actions that he doesn't really care. Um, and so we have like a commentary article about that. So I don't want to like read it verbatim because you can go and read it yourself. But I think that's pretty, that's kind of like a summary of the presidency so far. It's just, it just leaves, you know, regular people behind, and it's more about mm-hmm. just, you know, trying to look good and then and then failing. Really, like mm-hmm. none of this has looked good, mm-hmm. and you know now, now it's kind of like, oh, we 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 went over there for the war on terrorism. Well, you can you you can agree disagree on that, but the fact is that if we were gonna be over there for twenty years. It should we should have had some kind of impact, and it should be the better for us having been there. And there was a chance that it could be, but because of the way the withdrawal happens, now everything's just like back to how it was before we went over. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, what the heck was the point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now it seems like, oh yeah, we don't really care anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, and he, I mean, he took a while to apologize and even respond to what happened over there. And well, then yeah. when, and then when, and then, then there's reports that when the f- bodies were coming off the airplane, he was, um, checking his watch, che- yeah. checking his watch. <laughs> I was just telling you, I'm like, either he really is going or he like, I, that's crazy if that he doesn't even care that much. Yeah. So, and actually there's actually a funny cartoon. Do you want to say this one? Sure. Um, it's a, um, it's a cartoon with, 
Biden, and it says, checks watch at Dover Air Force Base while receiving remains of fallen U.S. soldiers in front of grieving families. And then it is Uncle Sam, checks watch to see how many months left in the Biden presidency. <laughs> Lots. So, Lots left. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a lot with, um, yeah. It's just been a really crazy year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yep. kind of like the things that you think, this could not get worse, that this couldn't happen, and then it's like, and it happens, and it gets worse. <laughs> Murphy's Law. <laughs> I only, I, the only thing that I think the redeeming quality is maybe, I, I think I've said this before, but like maybe this will really show the flaws of the left and, and, and just of, um, just where things are going, because it's, you know, again, the proof is in the pudding, and <laughs> this pudding is pretty, uh, pretty, um, bad. Yeah. So, <laughs> um... Yeah, maybe their fruits will. And I really hope, like, you know, I encourage, like, you know, we're talking to a lot of, you know, young adults, young adult women, and Mm -hmm. it's kind of like often, what do we have? But it's like, hey, pay attention. And I don't know, I feel like the more people that are um, aware of this stuff, and um, I don't know, I think awareness is key because... Maybe just awareness no matter. Because I think too often we try and, like, draw party lines way too much especially um in america mm-hmm. so it's like oh this is left or this is right and you're like how about you just be like especially from a catholic perspective left right this no 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 you're catholic first mm-hmm. and then whatever whatever the church says about something is your opinion on it and that's gonna maybe maybe sometimes some of that matches up with the left. Maybe some of that matches up with the right. It doesn't really matter because you're Catholic first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are forgetting that and getting too a little too partisan. And the fact is that most of the politicians don't even represent what anybody likes or wants anymore. <laughs> it's just kind of like it's just it's gotten so polarized that. It's just two extremes, mm-hmm. and then everybody's like, "Well, mm-hmm. I guess I'll vote for the one that matches up with the, you know, mm-hmm. with the color on my, you know, associated with my with my voting mm-hmm. like identification." It's like, no. Mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Yeah, I so check everything. I think kind of like to close out because we yeah got to get on. Um, uh, Glenn Beck, which praise or, you know, bless the man, he's been trying to help with the situation over in Afghanistan and mm-hmm. he's being a little thwarted by that. So pray for that continued effort because, you know, so many people are in harm's way. Um, but he was saying, um, just commenting on everything. And he's like, that it's still like America is still in the people. It's just no mm-hmm. longer. I mean, the president, the, just the, or not the president, just the politicians and the, and the government. It's yeah. just, so I don't know. I feel like, Again, like, I guess we keep on saying, rise up. Yes. You know, wake up. Yep. And I mean, you know, I'm on a social media fast, so I'm not really paying attention as much, but, you know, I do hear stuff and I don't know. So if you feel a little, little fire in your belly, <laughs> pay attention and pray about it. Yep. So, um, with that, let's start from the ground up because mm-hmm. yeah, if you just, if you're just frustrated and you don't do anything about it, then what's the point of being frustrated? So. Yeah, and you can't, um, you know, I, I feel like people like to complain and get bitter about stuff, but I mean, I've always heard, like, anger is not for us, but we have to figure out, like, you know, there is such a thing as righteousness and righteous anger, and it's like, okay, what is... Mm-hmm. There, and righteous there, anger, anger involves doing something about it, like right. Jesus driving people out of the yeah. temple with a whip. So it's like, there's <laughs> obviously, yeah, something unjust is going on, so something must be done to reverse that. Mm-hmm. So the very least praying for your politicians and my, my, my poor dear mother, she's like, maybe I'm just going to pray for the conversion of these, these Democrat politicians. Well, you should always be praying for their conversion, but you can also, you can also take action to be like, no, this, there's a better way than what they're telling you. Yeah. So it's a a both and as usual Mm -hmm. with Catholicism. Mm -hmm. So, alrighty. Well, (laughs) um, we're praying for y'all and wherever, you know, how you're being affected. I know actually a lot of people are, um, they're being affected in their workplaces and, and, um, mm-hmm. uh, actually if anybody has any input for, um, uh, you know, figuring out like religious exemptions and whatnot with the vaccine, because I know a lot of people are being affected with that. If anyone has any, 
um, resources for that or I don't oh, know if you I do. Oh, you do. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. So okay. I'll, I'll include some of those in, yeah. in the show notes mm-hmm. for people who might need them or want them or have somebody who might need them or want them. All right. So All right. join us again <laughs> in the next segment. Yes. All right, so we have our hot take for this week. Um, <laughs> it's really exciting. Day, week, month. Oh, week. Yeah, week. <laughs> it's so hot. Are you ready for it, y'all? Spicy. Are, are you ready for it, Hannah? Yes, I'm, I'm very ready. I'm ready to get spicy. All right, you got to like listen because it's kind of quick. Yes. All right. Go. Uh, hot take, God mm-hmm. exists. Period. The end. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this just kind of came up in prayer. And um, I guess I'm going to ask you a little bit about your your own personal take on this hot take. Um, I think growing up Catholic, I think, you know, you kind of, you come to a point where, I think we've talked about this before, where you you realize you take a lot of this stuff for granted. And so you start grasping, grappling with it mm-hmm. in prayer. Um, and I am not heady like you, Hannah, where I don't, you know, like I, it's more like just what's going on in my personal life and prayer. But, um, I don't know, as I'm growing more and, you know, listening to Matt Fred on, you know, Pies with Aquinas and just in general, mm-hmm. interacting with the, the Latin, the tra- traditional Latin mass crowd, being more open to being more better at being more, you know, diving more into intellectual tradition and, and apologetics. So, um... But so I think next week we're going to probably talk, touch more on the like the arguments for the existence of God. But this mm-hmm. today is just more our own witness and our own personal grappling grappling with it. So um, yeah, do you want to share maybe maybe uh, what your own like journey with um, yeah? So this I guess when I was little, I never really had any doubts it's kind of like if you're if you're raised in the faith you just there are certain things you just accept and then later when you get older you start to just kind of you you question things maybe a little bit and then you start claiming things that's your own and or maybe you struggle with some things and then when that started happening for me I was um it was my senior year of high school and my grandfather uh on my mom's side died super suddenly um, he was 66 years old Whoa. and he, he actually died like really close to now. Um, but I remember just like, I woke up and I heard my mom calling 911 and I, it was like, it was re- really intense and traumatic. And, um, that was the first time where I was kind of grappling with like, wow, like, there's a, there's a lot of pain and, and suffering in this in this world, but instead of abandoning my faith and abandoning God, I kind of clung to it tighter because I realized that without it, like, I didn't know what dark place I would go to. And at the end of my senior year, I gave my first witness, which talked about why I had really been so adamant on keeping God in my life because I realized that it's okay to be upset with God, to be angry with him. Um, but actually I'm listening to Bible in a year and today Father Mike Schmitz finished out reading Lamentations and Lamentations is the recounting of the siege of Jerusalem by Babylon and all these horrible things are happening inside the city and Jeremiah is just describing them. And the book of Lamentations ends with what Father Mike calls hope. And he says, but it's not the hope that you would think of, like, everything's going to be okay. He's like, no, there's still hope because Jeremiah is still talking to God. And that was actually one of the things that I really touched on in my witness a long time ago, was that you don't have to always love what is happening in your life to believe in God but you always have to keep talking to him and it's just no matter no matter the suffering that's going on no matter the hurt 
just knowing that he is there and just thinking about how how would you even characterize any evil or any good without the existence of god because you you can't because it all becomes subject, subjective because some people some people do think that it's okay just to kill somebody else some people do think that it's okay to do certain things it all breaks down to the relativity of something unless you have a backbone for it and you can't be like oh well i've never so some some people have said to me like i've never really known true love like how could a god that created me like have me never experience somebody who actually loves me or let me how do they let how does he let me experience such suffering and i'm like but how do you know what real love is then if you've never experienced it how do you know that that's not it and that's because we know we're we're made for that love and that's where that longing comes from and so without fulfilling that you just feel empty and i think it's also in my journey i just see a lot of people who have not realized that yet and it's it's sad but it also confirms to me that i'm where i need to be because i'm fulfilled and confident in a way that they're not and i get people that <laughs> get super angry at me over it or be like oh my gosh you're you're just on your your holy horse somebody said that to me and i was like no like i'm, I'm just confident that i have the truth and deep down this person was not and so they kept harassing me trying to get me to change my opinions or certain things about the faith and i was like no mm-hmm. like i I've, I've got what i what i need i think that confidence like shakes people and just have just having that once you get to that point is really striking mm-hmm. and then you can have so much good conversations with people mm-hmm. but that's basically it <laughs> In a nutshell. Yes. Well, and what you're saying kind of echoes in my mind because I just, I encountered somebody who was basically saying that they were, not basically, they said that they were an, an atheist recently. And mm-hmm. I, it was not more and more um, like a, a judgment of, oh, they're wrong. It was yeah. just more like, I can't imagine going this through this past last year without, or just in general. Yeah. Just... Life is so fragile without mm-hmm. a God that exists. Mm-hmm. So I think for myself, just kind of, um, I think my first was in high school, whereas it was more, I don't know. I think, yeah, just trying to struggle. And I, you have certain arguments that kind of like jostle around in your head, mm-hmm. but I remember being on a high school retreat. Um, and it was cool cause it was in the park and I remember being outside. It was in, you know, late in the evening and I just was like, God, like, I just, I just need to know, like, are you real? Can you just show me a proof of your existence? Um, and, um, I remember looking up at the stars and I was like, there can't not be a God who put those stars up there and made it. Mm-hmm. The, the, the solar system is way too complex for that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's, and I, I just was recently having a conversation that that's basically um, and then actually, once I graduated from college, I was teaching Sunday school and I remember teaching about God and I was like, or I, I you know, I'm teaching these kids about God mm-hmm. and I was like, wait, do I really believe in God? Like, I feel like I've kind of taken it for granted, like his existence and the reality of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually kind of realized and in just a conversation recently with somebody that it's more belief, like I know God is real, but do I believe that God loves me? Mm-hmm. So, um, that's, I think another thing. So, um, yeah, it sounds very simple, my explanation, but mm-hmm. I should know, I should do remember when I also, when I graduated from college and yeah, I was kind of grappling with these arguments. I remember, um, I was in the ministry I was in these high schoolers tragically lost their dad and they were, yeah, they were high school and he was like in his fifties. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember like getting the news and just being like, oh my gosh, life is way too fragile for there not to be a God. There has to be a God. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds very emotional, but it's kind of like either there is a God or you go into nihilism and you just don't exist. Yeah. And it's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. So I think I'd rather go on the side that there's a God 
Isn't it? I forget. Was it J.R.R. Tolkien who's like, I'd rather bank on being, you know, it's a great, uh, um, like if there's a heaven, I'd rather bank on there being a heaven than, you know, the chance of there being a heaven than not. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. I can't say that one's familiar to me. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think, <laughs> sorry, we're having some, um, got my dog here trying to play with cords as you do. <laughs> They're so smart. <laughs> hey, you know, dog is God backwards, so, you know. He don't act like it. <laughs> this, uh, this dude is not omniscient. <laughs> not even he, close. He's, he's omnipresent, that's for sure. Oh, gosh. He's omnipresent for pets and peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. It seems like our conversation about God, it seems so... Like, if anyone's listening, there's probably a lot of holes for it, but I don't know. Take it as you, uh, take it as you wish. I'm not. I'm not looking to prove God's existence right now. We can we can save that because there are multiple proofs, and uh, there's a lot of people who have done it better than I have, and yeah. can. So we're not going to tackle that this time. But I think it's just more our personal journey because mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm looking to possibly have a conversation with somebody. This this person who's so that they were atheist, and um, it's more like. I feel like they probably look at me like, oh, she's just young and emotional and mm-hmm. so naive about the world. And it's like, nope. <laughs> my faith in God is unshakable. Yeah. Well, my faith in the reality of him. Whether I work on, you know, actually living that day to day and his divine providence, the faith in his divine providence. But I guess to try and work out being more like the centurion, huh? Yeah, right. Being humble. Yeah, and just knowing that it only takes his word. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so I guess we'll get more in, on the apologetics next week. Um, but uh, just to close out, um, so I've been reading um, Thirsting for Prayer by Father Jacques Philippe, and it's all about just growing in prayer, and it really has been um, really um, refreshing and, and really, um, really good with my prayer life. And so um, I'm in this chapter... Um, it's called the presence of God. It's um, chapter or part three in the book, um, and it's the um, the opening um, uh, for, um, quote is Lord my God, you are not distant from those who do not turn away from you. How could it be say, said that you go away? And that's from Saint John of the Cross. Um, and the part that I want to go to that kind of relates to the centurion and the relating to the authority of Jesus was. Um, this part that says the word as a weapon for the fight. Um, and he pulls from Ephesians 6, 10 through 11 and says, finally be, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Um, and of course, part of that armor is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Um, and I mean, obviously we know that the word of God is, has is effective because we have the Eucharist and so <laughs> and we have creation and we know it's very effective but I just thinking with all the stuff that's going on there is definitely a lot of presence of spiritual warfare and whatnot and um I've been talking with people that are in the pro-life cause and just how a lot of stuff are ramping up with that as well um so very aware of that um but it's like we're not without we're not being like we're not without arms I guess in a way mm-hmm. we're armed with the scripture um, so I just want to read a couple of quotes from this that I think maybe will help to shore you up in your prayer life and just in your faith life. Um, so it says, um, he says that a Christian, Father Jack says that a Christian who does not regularly read the word of God is a Christian at risk. Um, and then he also quotes, he says, the synoptic gospels and in particular Mark's show how the crowds were struck by the authority of Jesus's word. They were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. Um, and a little later, what is this? A new teaching with the authority he commands, even the unclean spirits and they obey him. Um, and so he talks about this authority having two aspects. So the first is that Jesus speaks in his own name. 
um, that Jesus is not a link in the transmission of the word, but he is the word itself in its very source and origin. Um, so I think that's a good connection to make. Um, but then also, um, I think sometimes I don't give God, you know, I, I don't give it the merit that it is, but he talks about the the aspect, the other aspect of the authority of Jesus's word is its power and effectiveness. So when he cast out a demon, it cannot resist, but flee. When he orders the stormy sea, peace be still. There is a great calm, not just in the waves, but also in the agitated, frightened hearts of his disciples. When he tells a poor, sinful woman, your sins are forgiven. She immediately feels like a different person, purified, reconciled with God and with herself in the depths of her being, clothed in a new dignity and happy to be who she is. This authority is not there to crush us. On the contrary, it is authority brought to bear against evil, against our enemies, against the accusers. Because as we said, we're not, we're not, it's not, we're not fighting wars of this, you know, on the, we're fighting spiritual war, spiritual warfare. Um, what is that? The principalities, our, our battle is not with flesh and blood, both, but principalities and powers. Yeah. So, um... And then I, I like this because I don't know about you, but I think um, I'm really trying to work at, you know, I, I, um, I've had a formation through Opus Day and you have a plan of life. And so you're supposed to have prayer carved throughout your day. And, you know, that's that's a whole work in progress always. But I think it's kind of in between the times of prayer that sometimes I get kind of lost with this. So I'm really trying to work at it. So um, and, I you know, I always hear people that are like, you need to have scripture at your, you know, your your fingertips. So when this happens and. Um, I don't know, it just kind of really hit me of like, wow, this actually does have merit. Because you just hear it and you're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But the way he said it was kind of convincing. Um, so um, it says, if we stay at the level of our reflection at certain times of trouble, doubt, or trial, we won't find any way out. For example, we try to calm our fears when worried about the future by working out things for ourselves. We risk ending in a total impasse. For between our reasons for worrying and the reasons we use to reason ourselves, reassure ourselves, we can never be quite sure which set of reasons will win out in the end. Reason, after all, can't foresee and master everything. Rather than pile up more and more arguments, the only way to come out on the positive side, the side of confidence, hope, and peace, is to let a phrase from Scripture enter our consciousness and rely on it with full faith. Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for example, or fear not little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, or even the hairs of your head are all numbered. True peace does not come as the result of a process of human reasoning. It can only come from having our hearts attached to the promises God makes us through his word. Um, and so when we are struggling, we can clean by an act of faith to a promise in scripture. The authority of that word becomes our support and strength. Um, it is not a magic wand that re renders us immune to all complexity and anguish, but in trusting adherence to God's word, we find a mysterious strength that nothing else can provide. Um, and again, it gives us hope that is brought by the word and is a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. And actually, you're kind of like this, Hannah, because it talks about, I feel like a lot of times people in the church, they like to have a magic wand, mm -hmm. whether it's like a novena or... Um, I mean, you have medals. I think that's a different kind of... No, it's not. It's, <laughs> that's different. Yeah. But I think a lot of times people look at the stuff with of the faith of like, oh, it completely, I don't know, it just makes it all go away. And it's like, no, I think it's, as you said, it's more not effective at going away, but it's like just realizing that God is there and God is present and you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's the half the battle because I feel like the devil wants us to make we're, us feel like we're alone. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I just think, you know, encouraging you in your daily walk and... Um, you know, when you're struggling, cause I know I have my times, you know, um, I'm running a business and then we have this podcast and my girls group is starting back up. And so it's easy to get a lot of, a lot of anxiety and stress. And, and then you see the things that are even being on the social media fast, I hear stuff that's going on in the world and you're like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? are we, it's just all this worth fighting for this, but you know, I don't know. I think we're called to live our daily daily lives and and just to live life in christ to the best of our ability um and so i think this helps to keep us rooted and keep us focused so um you know for myself i really fight for those moments of peace and prayer in my daily life my in my mornings and just throughout the day and i'm trying more um so um yeah i don't know just i oh i hear here this is a closing one um 
because there's just so much and i don't know i feel like the psalms are so mm-hmm. so healing and so refreshing um and i i do actually i like isaiah that's very that's very emboldening i guess yeah if you need a little fire in you yeah. um but even you know i guess from um psalms 23 1 the lord is my shepherd i shall not want um so I'll just close with this. He, he says, Do not allow a single day to go by then without taking at least a few minutes to meditate on a passage of scripture. It may sometimes appear to be dry or obscure, but if we read it faithfully in simplicity and prayer, it will seek deep into our memory without our even realizing it. And on the day when we need it, in a time of adversity, that verse or some other will return to our minds and will be precisely what we need to recover our hope and peace. So I think a lot of times it's easy to... Um, when I am, you know, um, I guess mentoring and counseling other, or not counseling, I'm not a counselor, but <laughs> giving advice to other girls, I think a lot of times it's, it's, it is a lot of, we talked last week about, you know, good habits and virtue building. Mm-hmm. And it really is. It's, you know, cause even the, in scripture it says, um, be a sober and alert for the um, devil is prowling around, around like a warring lion looking for someone to devour be solid in and resist him. Yeah, resist him yes. in your faith. Yeah. Mm. But it's so true. It's so yeah. true because, I mean, I found myself last week, I wore myself down to a bone and I was very vulnerable to spiritual attack. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, you know, making sure you take of your mind, body, and soul and then building it up in faith. And you may be like, well, Mary, like, I, you know, my prayer life. Well, again, maybe just start with, you know, the church provides daily mass readings. Start from there. That's a good place to start. Or, you know, um, reading in the Psalms. The Psalms are really gentle. St. Paul has a lot of really good advice to read from him. Um, I think it's important to just not take the scripture outside of the magisterium. Because we have have scripture and we have tradition and we have the magisterium. Like, it's the threefold prong of Catholicism. So, just being careful to not, like, self-interpret too much. Because Mm -mm. chances are you have interpretations and, and stuff like that so i think that's a good thing out a lot there's a lot of places out there that release homilies so you can listen to somebody mm-hmm. um from the church their take on it and yeah things like that i also really like i do this with my students uh we do lectio divina every oh, yeah. friday mm-hmm. so and that's a that's a really good practice is to just sit with this passage of scripture and maybe it's a, like a better known passage of scripture at first. And then you start getting deeper and deeper into like, maybe you sit with passage of Revelation. Maybe you sit Ooh. with passage of uh, Leviticus even. Like something with like a little harder, a little harder to dig deep into. Mm-hmm. But just taking that time to really sit with God's word and let it inform you. Mm-hmm. Um, because that can be something too. I know Protest- our Protestant brothers and sisters will sometimes be like, Catholics don't be- read the Bible as much. And sometimes that is true um but there are a lot of great places for you to start with your scripture if you haven't been able to really crack Mm -hmm. that word open because there's so much and um i'll have to link this in the show notes but there's actually a app where it provides the church father's commentary on all kinds of passages of the bible whoa and so you could just read through all of that wow look at look at everything he's these church fathers are saying and that's where your interpretation, like you don't have to go off your own interpretation. You can just read an explanation of what is happening in this mm-hmm. passage. And mm-hmm. I think that would be really fruitful mm-hmm. for people to just pray with and meditate on. Yeah. Cause I even, um, I, a while back I was like, I, I love like I've, what reading Robins or Hebrew. I love Hebrews. I love, I, I well, I don't know if you know if, if Hebrews was really written by Paul, but regardless, I love, I love stuff written by Paul, but sometimes you read it and you're like, um, I feel like I could understand this deeper on a deeper level. So I got a Navarre commentary on, on St. Paul. And it's, I mean, I've just been reading about the context behind it and the theology and it's just like, whoa, this is just, it really, it really deepens it. And I think, you know, while the Protestants, I guess they're, you know, they may know more scripture, but like we have 2000 years of of history behind yeah. it and scripture and tradition and and interpretations and, and stuff so that's where if we separate separate scripture from tradition mm-hmm. then it's like well how did you get the canon how mm-hmm. did you get this how did where did you get to where you are without tradition because mm-hmm. it has to play a part 
somewhere. Yeah. And then I guess kind of just a closing thought. Um, so I've been reading um, the Aragon series, The Inheritance. Mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting because um, recently, uh, the, so this old dragon, this ancient dragon was, I guess, training Aragon. Um, and he was saying, um, you know, your, your problem is you're angry. And so you're like, you're easy, like you can't read and you don't know what's going on. And so you're very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not really receptive to the attacks. And so that's why you're not good. So he was like, you really need to calm yourself and be at peace and just be present to what's going mm-hmm. on. So then you can't like, instead of reacting, you can respond. Mm-hmm. And so I think things similarly, it's like, yes, there's a lot of stuff going on, but if you can be at peace, then you like, you don't just react. Like you can respond. Mm-hmm. You can respond to the Holy Spirit, and um, as I always say, don't let your peace, <laughs> for whatever reason, get stolen, because then the devil has a, a foothold. Yeah. Can have a ho- foothold. So, um, yeah, without that, um, thank you for joining us and um, walking on this journey with us, and, um, you know, we're, we're real women, real faith, working this out on our in our daily lives, and um, so... We're always willing to hear um, what you, what you know, actually send us in your stories about um, your grappling with God's existence and your own personal experience with that. Um, We'd like to hear what you Mm -hmm. have to say. Um, So that, uh, would you close us with our, our, um, yeah. Our quote from St. Catherine of Siena. Yes, ma'am. We've had enough exhortations to be silent cry out with a thousand tongues. I see the world is rotten because of silence. Have a blessed rest of your week and we'll see you next Thursday. And know you're all loved. Bye! (laughs) Thanks for listening to Caritas Christi. If you'd like to write to us with hot takes, feedback, advice, or advice requests, we would love to hear from you. Email us at caritas.com dot christy 31 at gmail.com that's caritas dot christy 31 at gmail.com thanks for listening and we will see you next thursday